0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Hello and welcome everyone to Hallway Conversations on Epilepsy.com. My name is Dr. Joseph Servan. I'm Editor-in-Chief of Epilepsy.com and we're so glad that you've joined us today. Today is July 24th, 2018 and um, we're going to be talking about uh, an issue that we have covered on-hallway conversations in the past, uh, and it is one that so many people have so many concerns about. I am talking about sudden unexpected death in epilepsy, but today we're going to focus on a hopeful tone, and the hope always has to do with research and ways to prevent and understand what's going on. We're also going to talk about what the organization SUDEP Institute, which is part of the Epilepsy Foundation, and ongoing work that's being done there. Joining us today, and I'm really excited about this, uh, is number one, a professor of neurology, the Epilepsy Center Director for the University Hospitals in Cleveland, and a SUDEP researcher, Dr. Sam Latou as well as Ms. Sally Schaefer, who is the director of the Sudup Institute. So, Sam and Sally, it's so good to have you both on today.
2: Thank you, Joe.
0: Thank you so much, Joe, for having us.
1: Oh, it's such a pleasure. Well, let's start it off so that um, everyone uh, understands the vantage point or the context uh, from where you come in terms of your work in this field. Let's start with Sam, can you tell us about your current work in epilepsy and your role in the field at this time?
2: I work as uh, an epileptologist uh, in a teaching uh, hospital. Uh, So all my clinical time is spent in looking after patients, particularly those with uh, difficult-to-treat epilepsy. And I do that uh, in a medical sense as well as in the surgical uh, sense. I work patients up for uh, epilepsy surgery to see if that's a a solution to their uh, problems. Uh, On the research side, I am a co-director of what is called the Center for Sudep Research, which is funded uh, by the uh, NIH. Um, and which manages a portfolio of uh, research projects uh, across the United States and also uh, in Europe.
1: Fantastic. Uh, Sally, same question.
0: Um, I currently, as you had mentioned, am the director of the SUDEP Institute, um, which is a program within the Epilepsy Foundation focusing on SUDEP. And really what I am here to do is carry out our mission of uh, the SUDEP Institute's mission of eradicating SUDEP and supporting those um, affected by it. And by doing that, to do that, I help drive research, I support education and awareness, and, again, support those that have been affected by it. More importantly, though, Joe, I think if, uh, besides my professional experience with the SUDEP Institute, I also want to bring forth my personal experience with SUDEP. Unfortunately, my seven-year-old daughter died of SUDEP on Mother's Day 2014. Uh, so not only am I a director of the SUDEP Institute, but I have a vested interest in eradicating SUDEP so that no other family or person is sitting here without their loved one like I am today.
1: Wow. Well, well, so, so, so definitely – from a very powerful place as well. Well, let me, let me get into the, the, to the kind of the heart of today's conversation. Sam, can, can you start us off and, and kind of set the stage and tell our audience, to those who may not know, what's SUDEP and how common is it?
2: So SUDEP uh, stands for Sudden Unexpected Death in uh, Epilepsy and the U, the Unexpected, uh, to a large extent, also means um, unexplained. Um, so in, in many ways, the term is uh, self-explanatory, uh, um, but what it doesn't um, say uh, uh, and what the definition of SUDEP says uh, is that other causes of death uh, in epilepsy have to be excluded. So, you know, there's no status epilepticus. It shouldn't be a seizure-related accident or drowning or, or, or anything like that. And more often than not, um, SUDEPs are uh, confirmed as definite uh, only through uh, autopsy. Now, fortunately, SUDEP is not uh, a very common uh, phenomenon, but when it does, um, it is uh, devastating uh, because uh, it very often affects those in the the primes of their lives when they're most likely to contribute to, to society, and at any age, of course, Uh, You know, it's a a huge um, uh, catastrophe uh, for the the family. Uh, So as I said, it's not all that common, uh, but it does happen. And uh, it happens approximately uh, in one person per thousand uh, in the epilepsy uh, population. Um, There was a time when we thought that perhaps children were less uh, affected by this phenomenon, but more recent research tells us uh, that, in fact, uh, it is uh, equally common uh, in in children. So, approximately one per thousand. In patients who have very difficult uh, to treat epilepsy, where they often suffer from uh, grand mal uh, seizures or generalized tonic-clonic seizures, uh, the incidence is uh, greater and can be as high as one in a 100 patients uh, per year. So, uh, I guess the message here is that it is not so common in the general population with epilepsy, uh, but it is more frequent in those who have difficult to treat epilepsy.
1: I see. And as a, a kind of a, a quick follow-up, what, what are the causes?
2: Well, um, I think one way to look at that particular question is to look at the the risk factors uh, for SUDEP in patients with uh, epilepsy. Uh, and there, overwhelmingly, it is uh, patients who have frequent uh, generalized tonic-clonic seizures. So, patients who have three or more seizures uh, per year of this type uh, have, have an odds 15 times greater than those who have no generalized tonic-clonic seizures. Um, and uh, if you look at uh, the profile of these patients a little more carefully, um, very often they have long-standing uh, epilepsy and uh, they have epilepsy that started at a relatively early uh, age. There are some syndromes where it's more common, such as Grave syndrome, Uh, but in the main, these are the uh, risk factors for
1: SUDEP. Okay, that helps us out. Well, you know, one of the things that we're talking today is what we can do to help prevent this so people don't have to kind of go through this. One of those ways is is expanding our areas in research. Can you start us off a uh, um uh, Sam and tell us about the Center for SUDEP research um how long is you know how long has this been around uh, where where does it get to its support?
2: This is something that began um in 2015, and the current cycle ends uh, next year in 2019. It's funded by the NIH, uh, in particular the uh, National Institute for Neurological Disorders and uh, Stroke (NINDS). Um, it came into fruition thanks to, you know, the tireless efforts of uh, advocates of research, such as such as Sally. Um, you know, there was the Cure Foundation the Epilepsy Foundation, the American Epilepsy Society, uh, who campaigned for um, investment in research funding, uh, and that's really how this uh, started. The Center for Research uh, for SUDEP research, as it currently stands, uh, has about 14 different institutions across the United States and Europe, uh, with a mixture of researchers uh, in basic science and in uh, clinical research, all looking at um, SUDEP, looking at SUDEP uh, biomarkers, uh, in particular, looking at uh, biomarkers that we can use for intervention for preventing SUDEP and, uh, as Sally stated earlier, uh, eradicating um, SUDEP. So that, in a nutshell, is what the uh, center of SUDEP research is. Okay.
1: That that, that helps. Um Sally, I I guess the question I have for you uh, go or you know here here is someone who has been directly impacted I and mean, can you tell us about other research efforts as extensive as this elsewhere for this for SUDEP?
0: You know Joe, there's uh different organizations looking at death and epilepsy, SUDEP, and as well as other mortality. Um I'm going to name a few but it certainly doesn't encompass everyone, but the sudden sure. um the, the Death in the Young Registry. There's the Epilepsy Foundation Biomarker Challenge that's going on right now. The SUDEP Institute has promoted that and encouraged that. We also have, as Sam mentioned, Cure also um, that has SUDEP at, as one of their pillars to research, as well as the North American SUDEP Registry. So there's a lot of different organizations and a number of excellent projects and other efforts going on. But I would say that the Center for SUDEP Up Research is the most expansive, extensive, well coordinated um, research project going on with Sudap right now. So to answer your question, I think that the, the C S R is definitely the most extensive.
1: Wow. Okay. That that's 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 also wonderful to know that it's that there's such a broad base of support, a lot of different areas. Is, is Sam uh, tell us about the kind of research that's going on. And it's probably, that's probably one of those innocent questions that belies a very big answer, but just if you could hit the high points, what kind of research is being done that, uh, that kind of help with this area?
2: Uh, There's a broad uh, division of labor. Um, So we have clinician researchers and we have basic scientists on the clinical side uh, we've harnessed you know, modern computer science and informatics firepower uh, to pull together about nine different institutions uh, that provide uh, clinical information, uh, electroclinical information, um, uh, imaging data, biochemical data, uh, and to some extent genetic data as well uh, to look at uh, SUDEP risk. And the reason for this. Uh, approach is as I said earlier, SUDEP isn't all that common in the general population with epilepsy, so we need large numbers of patients, which means several centers, and of course, the ability to look at that kind of uh, data. So, there are interesting things that are coming out of the uh, clinical research that we're doing, um, looking at breathing failure, looking at uh, problems with cardiac function. Uh, during and after seizures, and how these might uh, contribute uh, to SUDEP. On the on the clinical side, uh, on the on the basic science side, uh, there are um, researchers who are looking at cardiac genes, for example. Um, there are those that are looking at uh, stem cell models uh, of uh, neuronal dysfunction and cardiac myocyte dysfunction in uh, Dravet uh, syndrome. Uh, for example. Um, There are also researchers who are looking at breathing, both in patients as well as uh, in animal uh, models. Um, We have other researchers who are looking at uh, DNA and uh, genetics uh, data. Uh, We also have uh, researchers who are looking at MRI scans, both of patients who've been recruited to our clinical SUDEP study, as well as post-mortem MRI scans of patients who've uh, succumbed uh, to SUDEP. And often there is uh, feedback and kind of interaction between the basic scientists and the clinician researchers to inform each other of questions and answers uh, to um, what might be going on in high-risk patients and in SUDAP patients?
1: Yeah, that's uh, which is wow. So so many so many areas of focus. That's fantastic. I, I, I you know, one of the things that that was recently occurred. Um, uh, and it's not. You know, feels like the way the summer goes. Sometimes it goes so quickly. Was <laughs> the uh, earlier in the summer the the POMI conference, uh, which uh, always highlights. Uh, the important uh, work in the field, um, Sally. You know, starting with you, I know this this um, happened a, little, you know, a few weeks ago. Um, what 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 did you see in that conference that highlights some of the research, like impactful findings or discussions that you took away that you know maybe brought you hope or, or maybe brings someone in our audience hope as to what's going on from that uh, from that particular conference.
0: Sure. And I think I'd like to start off, if you don't mind, Joe, just sharing a little bit about what PAMI stands for. PAMI is Partners PAMI is Partners Against Mortality and Epilepsy. So this conference specifically is focusing on mortality and epilepsy. And this uh, year it was held in June and it's held every two years. And I believe this is the fourth one that was held um, just this year. Um, for me, As part of the planning committee and really um, talking about, uh, you know, setting this meeting up, I really forgot, Joe, that I was also a member of the audience as someone who has lost. So it came with a lot of emotion, but yet optimism as well as I listened to some of the research. Um hard at times to sometimes sit there and listen to the research as far as you know the cardiac function, the respiratory function, and things like that, and maybe determining you know what controls um, what and what happens in that process. But it was also for those few days that I sat there listening to people and and professionals with their research providing this information that they're looking into, it did give me more hope that there will not be more people sitting in the audience like myself. Uh, the conference also has sessions about advocacy, um, how you can advocate for yourself to, and for your loved one with epilepsy so that there can be more research and um, more driving behind this. But there was professionals from all over the world and even attendees um, family members from all over the world attending. And um, it for me, it was great to hear the research going on in this space. Again, as a general comment, knowing that they are working at trying to resolve this. The other great thing that came out of PAMI from a professional standpoint was the collaboration with other organizations and people looking to prevent and eradicate SUDEP. We're all in this for the same reason. We want to... You know, cure epilepsy. We want to eradicate up and prevent it. And so to meet all of these professionals um, from all over to have these discussions was very fruitful. And then finally, Joe, for me, meeting all the families that attended again, very emotional, but glad that I could be there from the STUDEP Institute perspective to support them and let them know what all of us are doing to, again, prevent and eradicate SUDEP.
1: So huge, that's wonderful. Sam, what did you take away
2: from it?
0: Joe, this
2: time uh, as before, uh, I was struck, I have to say, by the amount of passion uh, that you sense um, in the conference uh, for uh, solving the issue of uh, mortality uh, in epilepsy. Uh, and I think you know I'm amazed at uh, the the number of people uh, there who are invested personally as well as professionally. It's uh, the only conference that I know of where we hear as as you know researchers and and, and clinicians, where we hear directly from patients uh, and carers um, and those uh, you know who uh, deal with the problem uh, every day on a personal level. Um, I'm always blown away by that, and, and I was uh, this time too. Um, on the on the technical side, I was struck by um, the fact that uh, you know technology um, has advanced to a, a very great extent. You know, wearable devices, mobile phone uh, platforms, the cloud, and I think these uh, things are poised to transform. Uh, how we care for patients with epilepsy, and in particular, how we uh, get around uh, to uh, preventing morbidity and uh, mortality in epilepsy. And I think from the research side, uh, we've we've grappled with this issue of how um, we, you know, narrow the evidence uh, for SUDEP to that very important structure, uh, the brainstem, which ultimately controls cardiac function, and uh, breathing function. So it was very nice to see uh, posters as well as uh, platform presentations uh, and mention in the plenary sessions uh, of research uh, that tells us um, that we are getting very close um, to uh, defining uh, problems in the brainstem uh, that we can apply pre-mortem to high-risk patients uh, to inform risk and eventually to uh, devise uh, intervention. And, and Joe, so, I think so, another so. thing
0: oh, sorry, I think another thing to add to that is that we also discussed things beyond the sudden unexpected. There was also discussion around um other mortality by epilepsy or from epilepsy accidents, drownings, et cetera, so it kind of sure. was more encompassing
1: of the larger goal. You know, up is such a huge, frightening concept to so many people. I want to, as we get into our final segment here, I want to make sure we leave folks with, with a lot of hope and or things that they can do. What advice can you offer to those who are fearful to help prevent up And maybe, Sally, I'll start with you uh, on that question.
0: And this question really hits home for me because it's something I've really thought about as being the director of the Suit Up Institute um, is not being fearful and even me who I've lost someone sometimes it's awkward to bring up and talk about suit up um, with someone who's living with epilepsy but the more I thought about it Joe the more I want to empower people to talk about it to really take control of their health in an empowered way where we can supply them with all the information they need and the strength to go to their medical professional and talk about it and ask the important questions and really, again, I can't say this word enough, feel empowered and strong to ask the tough questions, get the answers and do as much as they can um, with their health and with controlling their epilepsy so that they can prevent suit up. So that's one of my goals while I'm here, is to help create resources to help provide that empowerment to individuals living with epilepsy, that they no longer fear this conversation, but they feel in control of it. it.
1: That's so important. Uh, Sam, what, what would you say to that question? I
2: think Sally um, put it very well, uh, Joe. I. I As a a researcher and as a person who looks after patients with difficult epilepsy, uh, I can say that um, we are not too far away from a time when we can uh, provide targeted intervention for uh, phenomena uh, like SUDEP. Uh, But until such time, I think communication with medical professionals and, uh, you know, uh, demanding um, intervention that, that ensures seizure freedom because essentially the one thing that is modifiable in terms of SUDEP risk right now is the frequency with which generalized tonic-clonic seizures occur. So those things are very important to ask the questions uh, and uh, to expect uh, the answers. Um, I think these things are very important to make sure you know that uh, both patients, the families, uh, as well as uh, the professionals are all pulling together uh, to uh, ensure seizure freedom.
1: So such an important, important point. Let me get to, the, to our last uh, couple of questions here. Where can our listeners get more information on SUDEP? Um, uh, Sally, I'll start with you on that one. Um, quickly in terms of like where, where, where could uh, those who really want to know more, where can they get more information?
0: Well, within regards to what the Epilepsy Foundation offers, we do have um, web you know, web pages that they can visit. They can go to epilepsy.com forward slash SUITUP. We also have a Facebook page called the SUITUP um, Institute forward slash Epilepsy Foundation. Uh, posting articles and information out there as well on the social media side. There's many organizations that are out there sharing information about SUDEP, and so they're plentiful, but from the Epilepsy Foundation um, perspective, that is where they could go to find more information on SUDEP as well as the SUDEP Institute.
1: That's wonderful. Uh, Sam, where would you recommend uh, for more information?
2: Um, uh, as, as Sally said, the Epilepsy Foundation website uh, and the Sudap Institute websites, I think, are very, very good. Uh, for your listeners who are in the UK and Europe, Sudap Action uh, also has okay. a very good uh, website. And uh, if you want to look up uh, what is going on in research currently, the Center for SUDEP Research's website, which is SUDEPResearch.org, uh, that contains um, uh, relevant information, too.
1: That's fantastic. If someone wants to do more than just get information, but they really want to help with funding, Sally, what would you say? Um, How can they help out?
0: Well, before the PAMI conference kicked off this last June that we talked about earlier, we had many of the families visit the Hill, and they talked to their representatives about extending um, funding towards the CSR, the Centers for Up Research. And you don't have to go, come to Washington, D.C. to do that. You can always write a letter or um, give them a call, your representatives, your federal representatives, and talk to them about extending this funding to, to the um, Centers for Up Research. So that would be my suggestion is that you advocate for more research so that we can continue funding this and doing the great work that Sam and his team are, are currently doing.
1: Wonderful. Well, we're in our last minute or so. Um, We've had we've covered a lot of different topics, a lot of different issues. I'll ask each of you what would you want to make sure that any listener that's downloaded this particular podcast that they really take away from our conversation today, uh, for now or for the future. And 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 Sam, I'll start with you. What what do you want to hope that folks take away? Um, from our conversation today?
2: Uh, I think the most important thing to say is that um, SUDEP, uh, such as it is, um, is a phenomenon where risk can be uh, mitigated. Um, And so um, pursuing uh, improvement, pursuing seizure freedom, uh, that sort of thing is very, very important, Uh, and I think working together uh, with uh, clinicians and researchers uh, to further, you know, that uh, particular agenda uh, is key. I think uh, if we all work together on this, um, this will be uh, a problem of the past.
1: Wonderful point. Sally, you get the final word on that. What do you hope um, that our audience takes away from today?
0: I think Sam hit it on the head about working together um, for the various uh, possible audiences. For the medical professionals helping those with epilepsy, I really encourage you to have the conversation. I know sometimes we think, oh, they're low risk, but I tend to say low risk does not mean no risk. And so to have those conversations and really help, um, you know, mitigate and prevent suit up by controlling those seizures is really important. And for the individual that is living with epilepsy that may be listening to this, feel empowered to have these conversations. Call the Epilepsy Foundation um, resource line or, and helpline. We're happy to help you and guide you and really give you the tools and resources you need to feel empowered to have these conversations with your medical professionals. And, and you all can work together.
1: That's such a wonderful, wonderful way to send us off. Uh, I want to thank you, Sam and Sally, for joining me today. I hope as uh, new developments come into place, you can kind of join me in the future for other podcasts on Hallway Conversations. Thank you, Joe.
0: Thank you, Joe, so much for having us, and thank you everyone You're for You're very, listening. very
1: welcome. Oh, it's it's been terrific talking to you both. To all our listeners out there, you have been uh, listening to uh, Dr. Sam Latou. He is the Epilepsy Center Director for the University Hospitals in Cleveland, a important SUDEP researcher, and the head of the SUDEP Institute, uh, Sally Schaefer, who uh, both have been kind enough to give me their time today and talk about the important work being done in research in the area of up. To everyone out there, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode, and I hope that you, most importantly, come back for another future episode of Hallway Conversations. My name is Dr. Joe Servant, Editor-in-Chief of Epilepsy.com, and you've been listening to Hallway Conversations on our site. Thanks so much and have a terrific rest of your day.